And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Long Island, New York, on Wednesday, April 26th, 2023. And let me tell you something right now, ladies and gentlemen, okay? I recorded this, I recorded a podcast episode on Monday that was supposed to air out on that day, and I didn't. Because I was pissed off about the Islanders game game four loss. We'll get into game five, how they won later on tonight. Later on in this episode, I should say. Um, and also, too, just in general, the Aaron Rodgers situation. I, I ended that, that recording saying, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And, well, we're going to lead off with that today. Because as a Jets fan, okay, as a Jets fan, I am thrilled. I am pumped up about this. So having said all of this right now, I'm happy. And the Jets finally get a quarterback. They get a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, who can definitely change the fortunes of this franchise around after the quarterback play that they got last year was just an atrocity. But at that same point in time, Aaron Rodgers is a New York freaking Jet. And every Jet fan is happy. Now, we're going to talk about the details of the compensation right now on on the trade because, honestly, to me, you're in win-now mode. Maybe if this was a couple of years ago, I'd tell you, you know what? Maybe the Jets gave up a lot. But right now, as it stands, I don't think they gave up a lot. And here we are. Here we go. Here's the compensation that we've all been talking about, and we've been talking about leverage. No team had leverage in this, okay? Aaron Rodgers said where he wanted to go, and that's it. So you can talk about the contract that he signed, 60 mil, whatever. It is what it is. But here we are right now. Here we go. Uh, All right, so... Jets get Aaron Rodgers. They swap first-round draft picks. They get the 15th overall draft pick. Packers get the 13th. And the Jets get the a fifth-round draft pick, which is 170. Okay? Now, the Packers, outside of the first-round pick swap, they get a second-round pick, number 42 overall, a sixth-round pick, number 207, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that will become a first-rounder should Aaron Rodgers play at least 65% of New York's offensive plays in 2023. So essentially, if in 2023 Aaron Rodgers plays almost every snap, it's going to become a first-round draft pick. Fine. That's fine. So you basically gave up a number one for next year, a... You know, in a draft class in which we don't even know about. So there's that. Um, you gave up a f- next year's first, essentially, which should be next year's second, but we'll see. But next year's first turns into something, right? This year's second round pick and a sixth round pick, if we're looking at it like that. We're, we're, the 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 first round draft picks from this year cancel each other out, so they basically gave up 
two seconds and a sixth for Aaron Rodgers. You tell me. And the first-round draft pick next year, if it turns into a first-round draft pick next year, great gravy. Jets are, you know, they're very confident right now that they're going to win the Super Bowl or at least contend for a Super Bowl and contend for a, a playoff spot. That's fine. I'm not worried about if you're a Jet fan right now. I am not worried about those draft picks. I'm not. The goal right now is to go out and win a freaking division title, get home field advantage, make the playoffs, and get this franchise and this fan base a Super Bowl, something that they haven't seen, we haven't seen, I know in my lifetime, many Jet fans' lifetime that make up content now, but the older Jet fan that hasn't seen anything since 1969 at that point. So, yeah, we're due. We are legitimately due. And I say that like I play for the team, but I put in a lot of money. I put in a lot of time. I put in effort watching this team and supporting this team and traveling, watching this team play. So, damn right. Damn right I feel that way. But regardless, the Jets now, they're the fa- one of the favorites in the AFC, one of the favorites in the AFC East. We don't have to hear about the butt jokes anymore, butt fumble, you know, being the, the laughing stock of the league right now, unless something literally happens bad, which I'm not going to throw off the table here either because it's the Jets. But at that same point in time, we're not a laughing stock anymore. And everybody, and for the people out there, oh, Packers had leverage, Jets had leverage, nobody had leverage in this. Nobody had the draft is such a crapshoot. It is. Even if you get the number one overall pick, it is such a crapshoot. Because of the player, because of the player, you know, what kind of player the person is at that point outside of football. Hate to say it like that, but it's such a crapshoot. But regardless or not right now, the Jets are riding high on this mountain. And for a fan that has been going to every game for the last five years with the exception of COVID, we're not the laughing stock anymore, boys and girls that are Jet fans. We're not. This is legitimately bliss right now. We finally got ourselves a quarterback. And I want to mention, too, I want to mention, too, I, I said something about a couple of months ago when they went after Derek Carr and they lost out on Derek Carr. And at the time, I said something about having Darnold back, all that. You know what? Hey, Darnold signed with the 49ers. Great for him. Great situation for him. But you know what? Hey, that's all. that's all in the past now. That's legitimately all in the past. Darnold's on the 49ers. Hopefully he gets to the Super Bowl. Would love to see him get to the Super Bowl. But you know what? These guys right now, right here, finally got our guy. 
we finally got our guy. And hopefully he stays here for two years at that. And he performs well up to expectations. That's it. I'm happy. I'm going to be rooting for Aaron Rodgers now. That's it. No other way around it. He's a New York Jet. No other way around it. He is a New York freaking Jet. And I'm very happy about that. So, you know what? At the end of the day, the Jets finally got what they wanted for the past 12 years. A legitimate freaking quarterback around a legitimate freaking team that's been built up. This is the best Jets team since the 2009-2010 team. I'm not even going to count the 2015 team. Because that team had its, that team had its, you know, flaws in that sense. So, I am freaking happy about this. I am. I'm very thrilled and pumped up about this. And I cannot wait for training camp to start. And we get to see Aaron Rodgers wearing number eight. And by the way, kudos to him for picking number eight. It's, it's a non-story at the end of the day what number he chooses. Whatever. It is what it is. Just get this team to the Super Bowl. That's it. I, I got I, I'm I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled on this. And yeah. Like the deal is finally done. Weeks upon weeks. And that also killed it too, like the momentum. Like when Rodgers came out and said he wanted to play for the Jets, something should have happened. But I guess we could talk about the contract, the time, the timing of the matter, all that. We're here. He's a Jet. Every Jet fan is thrilled and pumped. And after getting kicked in the balls for the past 12 years, this franchise right now looks like they should be on some sort of on some sort of higher ground in that sense because they get Rodgers here and this turns the, the franchise around at that point. So I'm I'm obviously thrilled. Uh, and with the way how Monday went and with the way how, you know, last night went for the Islanders, what a great 24 hours it's been if you're an Islander slash Jet fan. And game five last night for the Islanders, it is what it is. No doubt. But at that same token... At that same token, man, I had my doubts after game four. I thought maybe they'd wrap it up and put it in. This is a group that has come back from adversity before, that not only this season, but throughout throughout the years. And for the core of this group right now, they're fighting to get to the next round to prove to not only us, but to the net, to the world that they're going out there and they're going to compete. Now, I had my doubts last night, no doubt. I thought maybe when watching that game through the first couple minutes, driving home from a union meeting, so I'm listening to Chris King and Greg Pickard, Picker on the radio. And I'm saying to myself, when Pierre Engvall scored that goal, like how great is that, that they finally get to score on their first, they finally get to score first, and they close out the first period with the lead. How great is that? 
And then Brock Nelson scores off of Sebastian Ajo's face. The Kane Sebastian Ajo, I should say. But this team right now, they're going back to UBS on Friday. Place is going to be rocking. I'm going to be yelling. It's going to be absolutely downright electric. Electric in there. Like we thought games three and four were loud. The beginning of game four, certainly. Game three was just absolutely nuts. They got to stay out of the box in order to go out there and, and play. Play their game. Stay out of the box. Referees got to keep their whistles out of their mouths. Let them play. It's a very simple thing. Let one team hurt themselves in that sense. And I think Sebastian Ajo for the Islanders said it the best prior to game five. They can't be pissed off at the referees. They, you know, you, you get pissed off about that. You're going to lose the game. It's a very simple thing. And that's what happened in game four. You know, the fans are getting pissed off at the refs, but Carolina, they found a way to take advantage of the man, the man opportunities. Game five happened last night. And yeah, Lane has to do a better job in getting, you know, the fourth line a little less minutes per se and let, you know, let guys like Pajot and Parise kind of close out games in that sense. But in all reality, when you're the fourth line and you're, you've been the identity line closing out games with Sezikis and Carterbuck and whoever's on that left wing over the course of time, that's been your, your, your bread and butter. But time has shown that the fourth line is getting older and they're not faster at that point. So all I got to say on that is Lane's going to keep on running that line out until they lose the series, whether it's on Friday night. If they win Friday night, then you go down to Carolina and you see what happens there. But I am, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like I said, game four, I was nervous because it was a, it was a matinee game. I can see, I can see this being like the Islanders' chance to go out the first, I'm not even going to say five minutes because of how close both teams have played. But at that same token, both teams have played close. I'm going to say the first 10 minutes of the game, weather the storm that the Hurricanes bring. And you could see because of the physicality of the fourth line and the third line on what they bring to the table, you're getting to see the, the bumps and bruises and scars that Carolina is going through right now. Sebastian Ajo getting hit in the face with a puck from Pierre Engvall hurts. Yes, no doubt. It hurts. But when I'm watching that, you take advantage of that opportunity. You do. You know, uh, Drury, Jack Drury goes down game four. It sucks. Tavo Teravainen getting hit, slashed in game two. It sucks to see that happen to, to a player. Injuries are a part of the game. But at that same point in time, if you're the Islanders right now, you have to take advantage of these situations right now. You have to take advantage of these situations. If you don't, game six, we could be looking at we could be looking at either an elimination, talk about the offseason. Or we could be talking about a game seven on Sunday. And I'll talk about that 
with the Islanders coming up on on uh, on the next episode if that does happen, whether or not it's elimination or a game seven right after game six. But another thing I wanted to mention too, Bo Horvat. People are shitting on this guy because he's not scoring. He's getting paid next year his $8.5 million for the next eight years. Right now, Vancouver is paying a quarter of his $5 million, $5.5 million salary at that point. Okay, so he's he's making essentially, what, four mil? And we're worried about, we're worried about him scoring goals. He was not only brought in here to be a goal scorer. He was brought in here to be a leader, play defense, win face-offs, be a big body, win the battles in the dirty areas. And oh, by the way, you know, the guy's playing his ass off and he knows he could be better. Islander fans, come on, what, what are we doing here? We're worried about him scoring goals when in team sports, we're always said, if you're not producing in any team sport, whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, football, next man up, pick up your teammate, pick him up, support him in that sense. Horvat's working hard. Engvall scoring a goal last night, huge. Brock Nelson scoring it out of midair, huge. And by the way, Matt Barzell, who was on the breakaway with, with Brent Burns having to cover up that that pass, that passing opportunity? Bo Horvat was on the other side of that. So that's generating an offensive chance for Matt Barzell. But no, Bo, Bo Horvat can't score goals to save his life. He's a waste of five mil or eight mil, whatever waste of money he is at that point. Nope. What are we doing? And then on these Twitter spaces last night, we're talking about the offseason with Wallstrom next year. Guys, come on. This team with Wallstrom and, you know, I got other people talking about Alex Debrinkit. Like, this team just forced a game six. We should be happy. Instead, we're talking about the offseason. Give me a break. I love, I love Islander fans. I love my Islander fans. But at that same point in time, we're getting so focused in, so caught up in the offseason because it could happen just like that. I understand that. I understand that. But we're talking about the offseason. When this team just forced the game six Friday night, we should be rocking the building. We should be rocking UBS Arena, shaking the stable, rock the barn. And we're talking about the offseason. I'll be... I'll be number one. I said it with Lou probably not coming back if they lost last night. Lane Lambert should be coaching for his – he did. Lane Lambert coached for his job. He still is. He's probably going to come back next year. Probably not. I don't know. But you know what? At the end of the day, let's not focus in on the offseason. I think a lot of us Islander fans wrote off. Them winning game five and forcing a game six back in back on Long Island. That's what we did. And for the little for the little percentage of people that actually believed that they would win game five last night, congratulations. We got a game six. And hopefully they win game six. 
They force a game seven down in Raleigh on Sunday, and we'll see what happens after that. Whether or not it's win or lose or whatever happens. This team has been fighting and clawing its way back the whole year. After that porous January. With all the injuries about. They're right there. They took care of business on their little on their little winning streak back in March. Took care of it. The fight to get over here at this point. Took advantage of a couple of breaks that happened right after right after they lost to Washington. Took advantage of that. And you know what? Hey, they're right there. They're right there. One win, force a game seven, never know what could happen. So I'm very, very, very happy about this team. And we'll see what happens, man. You know, Ilya Sorokin too. You know, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I'll admit another one. Maybe they should have went to Varley. No. Lane's got a point. They wound up winning. They wound up winning game three. Sorokin played great. But maybe we saw some kinks in the armor. Maybe we saw Sorokin getting run into the ground. That's not the case. That's not the case. Sorokin looked good last night. He saved them. He saved them, no doubt. Maybe, you know, we can talk about Dobson on the power play or Dobson overall. He's been just absolutely too, just not good. Talk about like a regression type of a year from Noah Dobson. If they trade him, I think personally it would be a little bit of a mistake because you want to see what this guy has inside with that inner fortitude and seeing what he can what he can do. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him in his mind right now. I don't. Hopefully he learns. Maybe Lambert puts Ajo on power play one. Maybe to get Dobson, give him a little time off, put Pulak in. Pulak in as the number two or play two defensemen in, the, in that sense. See what happens. Whether it's on power play one or power play two, figure it out. Make a little adjustment there. But I, uh, I'm kind of confident. I'm kind of confident as to what this team can do on Friday at UBS Arena in Game 6. I really am. But we're going to be loud. The, the arena's going to be rocking. I think the players wanted to get back to Game 6 at UBS. And they know it. They see it. It's going to be really an interesting time uh, to be an Islanders fan. No doubt. It's going to be an interesting time to see what happens in Game 6. All right, Chirucci with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. We talked Rodgers and the Jets. We talked about the the Islanders winning Game 5, going into Game 6 at UBS Arena. And I think, uh, you know, there's really not much else to talk about. Baseball, it's still early in the year. You know, you could see teams that are right now they're playing well. Pittsburgh, I don't want to hear about the, you know, the money from a lot of fans with regards to their payroll. This is a great story. Pittsburgh is a great story, no doubt, but it's still a year early. It's still, the year is still early in that regard. I don't want to hear about any of that. You know, losing out on O'Neill Cruz, huge, but they found a way. They've been finding ways to win games. No doubt, Cabrian Hayes has been playing good. 
Uh, Brian Reynolds gets a contract extension. Good for him. Don't want to hear any anything else about you know the money situation. So it, it is what it is there. Um, you know, you look at too like St. Louis. They are where they are. It sucks, but at that same point in time, you're relying on two guys, and there's really I don't know what the hell's going on with them. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, another one with the money. Year in and year out, they're so freaking pesky. And they just find a way to play and win games despite the fact of what's going on with the payroll that they have. So, I don't know. I would love to go down there for a game just to see what it's like. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, 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 as a Yankee fan, could be a little bit better. I, I know that they've been struggling as of late. I'm going to run down the uh, – and the Mets too. They've been kind of playing after the past couple weeks. They've been coming back to that extent. But it's still early, guys. It's still early in baseball, no doubt. It's 162 for a reason. Then once you get to October with all these wild card situations now, we got to see it last year. Philadelphia, nobody gave Philadelphia a shot in the playoffs. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that as the year progresses, but it's still early. All right, so here are the American League standings. We're going to go wild card here with this too. So Tampa Bay, first place, 20-4. and four. Best record in baseball by far right now, no doubt. They've been playing well. Texas, 14-9, and nine, leading the West. A little bit of a shocker there because of – Everybody not really giving or paying any attention to them, but they've spent money over the course of time to build up their roster and signing Jacob DeGrom this year, a couple of years ago, signing uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to those big deals, a huge deal right there for what they're doing for the Rangers faithful uh, down in Texas. And that are, that stadium looks absolutely sick on the inside. I want to go see that. Uh, Minnesota, say what you want about the AL Central, but it's still it's still a a division which you don't want to sleep on. Okay, they're fourteen and ten right now. You, in the wild card, you got the Baltimore Orioles. Listen, nobody gave them a shot at the beginning of the year. Your boy right here said that they might be a surprise team, and right now they're competing for a wild card spot and for the division, no doubt. The AL East was going to be tough no matter what. Um, no matter how you look at it, no matter how you slice it and dice it, and then you got Toronto in that final wild card spot, uh, basically being being fifteen and nine, and then you look at the other teams that round out Houston. I think Houston might come back with Altuve, uh, being hurt. We'll see what happens there. Boston and the Yankees are right there. The people that shit on Boston. I don't know what's going on up there in Boston. But again, you still got to play the games. And as long as you got Devers and company and they got have an underrating pitching staff up there, yes, I said it. Do not sleep on Boston, okay? The Yankees are going through lulls. People are shitting on Brian Cashman, rightfully so, with the moves. But, you know, regardless or not, it is what it is there. You know, Aaron Judge has been having a good year somewhat to that extent. The Angels, they started off hot, and now they cool off dramatically. 
They're at 500. A lot of rumors going on with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout possibly forcing trades out of Anaheim. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Seattle, a young team, still trying to figure itself out. You know, again, baseball, it's a 162-game season. The Guardians being where they are. And the Central, listen, it's still early. Okay, Detroit. And then rounding out the the bottom dwellers of the league, Detroit, Chicago, the White Sox, I should say, Kansas City, and the Oakland Athletics. And by the way, the Oakland Athletics, man, I know I'm I'm late on this, but when the, the Mets play the Athletics, People were going all up in up in arms. Oh, the Mets, you know, they're getting their signs torn down by A security. Meanwhile, they don't draw anything. Can you not can you not blame security for doing that? And with ownership there, I mean, if that was a Met game and the Mets were in that situation, I mean the same thing would be said, but you know, come on, you want to have some sort of home field advantage. You don't want to be embarrassed like that. So I get where Oakland's coming from with that. And also, too, we saw that recently that their their whole stadium situation, they may be moving to Vegas. Are they is Oakland gonna counter with their with their new stadium proposal here? I don't know. We're gonna see. But it's looking like things are looking bleak for the Oakland Athletic fans. And they may be moving to uh Vegas. And then we look at the NL now. Okay. We look at the NL now. You got the the Braves and the Pirates tied for first place in the National League. You got the Dodgers in a dogfight right now in the NL West. I think the cream's going to rise to the top there where it's the Dodgers and the Padres are going to find themselves fighting for that chance. I think maybe, you know, Arizona's going to fall back down to where they are. But you look at the wild card right now. You got Milwaukee, you got the Cubs playing well, like I said during the offseason. The Cubs remind me of the 2013 Red Sox, where they went out and they signed Tier B free agents after their miserable year in 2012, and they just found their way right after that, signing guys like Corey Bellinger and Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer's got a lot left in the tank. He's a great defensive first baseman. And he's a guy that could put the ball anywhere in the field. Can't be looking at that basically saying, oh, he's got to hit power just because he's a first baseman. If you watch Eric Hosmer play, the guy can literally put the ball in play contact-wise, no doubt. And by the way, getting back to the base, to the bases and to the shift rules, I love the rules, seeing the way how it is. Now, I haven't been to a baseball game yet this year. I want to experience what going to a quick game is like. I want to see that. I think that is absolutely huge uh, for for that. And you got the Mets rounding out the final wild card spot. You know, I am, I'm not going to lie to you. All the hype for the Mets, they are where they are right now with the injuries. They're very fortunate. No, Max Scherzer getting suspended for 10 games. No Justin Verlander. They're finding their way. Pete Alonso, you know, an MVP candidate, no doubt. We'll see. What happens there? But to round out the rest of the league, you got the Diamondbacks, you got the Miami Marlins finding their way. Again, cream's going to rise to the top and everybody else is going to sink down. We'll see what happens there. Uh, San Diego, again, same thing. I think they'll find their way. Philadelphia, 
I'm not a believer in Philadelphia. Spend the money all you want. And where they were last year, I think uh, there's definitely a difference there for sure. And then you round out the rest of the league. You got San Francisco, Cincinnati, St. Louis. St. Louis, I'm surprised at, but again, it is what it is there. Uh, And then you got Washington and Colorado rounding out the NL. So that's it. On that note, I'm going to get going. I'm going to enjoy this beautiful day. I will talk to you guys in a couple of days, see what happens here with the Islanders game six scenario, and we'll talk about, you know, what's going on with the NFL draft coming in. You know, are the Panthers going to trade down again? I don't think they are. I think they're going to go after a quarterback, obviously. And, uh, you know, yeah, stay tuned, man. You know, stay tuned for another big episode of the On The Board Sports Podcast, bro. Should be a fun one, and I cannot wait to talk to you guys again. Peace out. Stay safe out there wherever you may be, and God bless you. Peace out.